salutations to that supreme being who is one without a second whom the sages call by various names our salutations to him whose glory has been sung through the rapturous hymns of the scriptures of the world but whose limitless and infinite glory none can comprehend but again whom the sages and devotees realize within their hearts in their deepest contemplation. Him we salute again and again. So today our topic is Jivan Mukti means liberation while in the body. The life has a purpose as we all know but in this life, we move from one goal to the other goal, and always remaining all the time dissatisfied, not knowing where to get the perfect peace. So, in this life, the scripture says there is a purpose of life, and that purpose of life is to get freedom. Jivan Mukti two words, very beautiful words. Jivan, while in life, mukti, freedom. So, this is the crying need of every individual, not only human being, even subhuman, to what you call superhuman. Anywhere we go, this crisis is there. Everyone is searching for some freedom and that freedom which will liberate one person from all the limitations. Our life is limited in any way we look at. Our physically we are limited. Nobody needs to tell that because disease, suffering, pain, aches and pains and also ultimately and death, when it is coming, nobody knows. It is all limited. So physically we are limited. Now let us think about our mental condition. Mentally we are not only limited, we are bound slaves of the circumstances, of the situations. So there is also bondage. Emotionally we are bound. Intellectually we are bound. Where is freedom? We think that we are free. Our whole life is struggled towards that freedom. But every point, every, mom, every moment we move around, we find that we are bound, bound under our own failures, psychological, emotional, intellectual, 
and also the conditions outside as if keeping us always under some pressure. And there we feel that we are as if we do not know what is freedom. Sometimes we look at the sky when the birds fly, then we say, aha, what a freedom. Uh, they are enjoying the free space and they can run any direction it likes. But go to the life of the bird and ask, you'll find tremendous problem in their life. So it is from subhuman to human, go to the microscopic level even. It is all bondage, all bondage, all bondage. So the cry of life is freedom. That's why Swami Vivekananda said, freedom is the song of the soul. This, this freedom, we, though we are all seeking, but we don't analyze the thing. What is freedom and how we can get out of the freedom. Oh, all the scriptures, all the religions, they're talking about the ways and means to get out of this bondage. And Hindu scriptures, particularly the scriptures of the Vedic wisdom, they openly declare that that is the goal and the goal of life is not to reach some peace in heaven after death. No, that is not the goal. Goal is here, now, at this point. If we don't understand the freedom here, what is the guarantee that after death we will have some freedom? Who will, who will be the guarantee? So, this Vedanta teaches us that it is freedom, and freedom is not to be just waiting for another life to come, or in some subtle body, in some heaven, in some plane, some other locus, we will get that freedom uh, by some means. And also, another point we understand, most of the time, that someone will come, some guru will do something for me, some holy man will change my whole life. It is not so. Holy man can give us inspiration. As Swami Vivekananda said that the tree does not, uh, the gardener does not make the tree plant grow and pull it to become a tree. The plant ac accumulates, accepts from the environment, its food nurtures itself and grows in its own way. It is so real. So we always have a misconception that our gurus will do everything for us. That uh, some holy man buy a single touch, thousand dollars, and will give us liberation. <laughs> That's the easy way we always want. That's a shortcut way. That's a good way. If we can really have that. But it is not possible. It may be some momentary uh, sensation may come, but for liberation, that is not the way. So Vedanta says, it is your responsibility, you will have to work on that. And you will have to find a way out. So there is a beautiful book, which actually I'll make a synopsis of that in three, four lectures. So this is the first one. So that book is called the Jivan Mukti Viveka. It's a very ancient book, scripture, 
uh, which talks about this freedom and that freedom is not to wait for another life, not to wait for another person, but with our own effort, looking at the point where we are bound, where the knot is there and how to take out that knot, that bondage. It is, we always think that someone outside is creating all this trouble for me. All my suffering is because of outside, outside, outside. But this book will teach us, no, it's all our problem is inside, inside, inside. It is your attitude, it is your reaction, how you look at the world, how you work with that, how you find your own mind, how you think that you are ignorant and how you feel that you are, you are the wisest person in the world. So this scripture talks about that truth. That's why this book is called Jivan Mukti Viveka, the discrimination. To reach this state of mukti, liberation, while in Jivan, while you are breathing, not after breath is stopped, you go to heaven. People may say that you have gone to heaven. We all think that everyone is going to heaven or a place where there will be no suffering. But no, if it is not felt here and now, then there is no guarantee, as I have said just now. So this book teaches us that this can be, this liberation is the goal of human life. The verse, one of the verses there, it says that jivan mukti sukha prapti hetave janmadharitam. We have taken this human birth. We are embodied here only to enjoy the sukha. Sukha means the happiness, the joy, the pleasure, the peace. That sukha prapti, to attain to that sukha. Jivan Mukti Sukha Prapti. While alive, that Sukha, which is eternal, that type of Sukha, while alive, that is the goal of life. Jivan Mukti Sukha Prapti Hetave Janmadharitam. We are born only to go back to that eternal abode of blessedness. Atmana Nitya Mukti, no? because we are all Atman by our basic nature. It is always ever free. Atman, nobody can bind the Atman. The Atman is ever free. Atmana nitya muktena, not to samsara kammaya, not to be born in the world and to suffer and to cry and weep. That is not the purpose of our being birth. So this very beautiful proclamation at the very beginning it is said, that the goal of life is liberation here and now. And otherwise this Atman which is ever free, it has no meaning and purpose of being born to cry and weep and suffer and make our life miserable. So this is the wonderful suggestion here. So Sri Ramakrishna also mentioned it in simplistic language. He said that the goal of life, what is the goal of life? not to go to only earn money, get some name, fame, or any accomplishment, or our accomplishments are so unrealistic. Today's accomplishment, we struggle hard to reach that point, to find that it is nothing, I need something more. 
And then you reach for another goal, fix another goal, very high, to struggle. And then you reach there and you say, oh, it is not enough. I need something more. Because we are infinite. We cannot be stopped at any point because our nature is infinite. So, Sri Ramakrishna said in simplistic language, the goal of life is God-realization. Nothing short of that. Only God-realization is the goal, one goal of life. Swami Vivekananda said that freedom is the song of the soul. And scriptures are always declaring how one should come out of the bondage and bondage and bondage. Now, what is this bondage? The bondage means in the, in the body, mind, emotion, intellect, everywhere is bondage. That binds us. That makes us crippled. That makes us feel helpless. Helpless toys, as it were, in the hand of the nature. Nature which is internal nature and external nature. First of all, external nature that is easy to be blamed. And never to look at the internal nature. Internal nature is also more troublesome. This cause of all our suffering is our own mind, the scripture will say. We may disagree, but ultimately we'll have to analyze and find that it is your mind is creating all the trouble for yourself. Manayeva manushyanam karanang bandha mokshayo. The same mind is the cause of our own bondage. And the same mind directed in a different way will lead us to freedom. So it is manayeva manushyanang. We decide in our mind, we plan in our mind, and we move in that direction. As we decide, that we move. As we have decided before, here I am working now. I do not know when I decided that. But when it comes to me, then I think, oh, somebody has done for me. So this is, the bondage is here that, that makes us crippled and, and, and pressurized like the helpful, helpless toys in the hand of the nature. And Swami Vivekananda has mentioned nature, internal and external, and spiritual life he has developed. What is that? Uh, the very beautiful quotation we always after quote it every now and then. The quotation is that that each soul is potentially divine. The goal is to manifest this divinity within by controlling nature internal and external. By how can it be done? Swamiji has prescribed by war, by worship, by psychic control, by philosophy, by one or all these. And be free. This is the whole of religion, according to Swami Vivekananda. This is the whole of religion. In whatever church you go, in whatever temple you go, and whatever places of pilgrimage you run, the goal is to attain this freedom. And be free. This is the whole of religion. To controlling, by controlling nature internal and external. And this is the whole study of this book, is to control the internal nature, because external nature will continue this way. Which time was there, that which year was there, that there was no extreme cold that year. 
which year there was not there than when the temperature didn't rise to 110, 12 degrees uh, Fahrenheit in certain areas. It is the whole world outside world where there is no flood, where there is no earthquake, which period of time. In the whole world, it is going on continuously. And outside nature, how much you to control? You control in one, one area, another area, it will start. We have control over tsunami. What control we have for tsunami? You can do earthquake. Yes, you can build up earthquake. All people were running in 93 or 94. I forgot what time. The from Hollywood area because it is earthquake prone area to run for another place. But you go to another place, there is a hurricane. That's a big problem. Another place you go, another heat. Eh? This is a very beautiful in temperature here. So wherever you go, something will be there. But mukti means I will create something inside. I will be untouched by whatever happening outside. And that is called mukti. And that has been mentioned in different scriptures in different ways. It is called jivan mukti. It is called sthita pragya. It is called the bhakta. Uh, it is called the uh, uh, pragya, uh, state of uh, equilibrium of the mind, uh, like that different names are given. Anyhow, so heat, cold, happiness, misery, these are all will be there. Someone will use some sweet words, someone will be using unkind words, but it should not touch the individual person who is inside trying to rise above and to give free. Free means nothing will be able to control. You are in your own control. You wish you will do that. You don't wish. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can bring any suffering, any, any, anything in your life unless you want it. So that is called the freedom. So that science has tried to bring some control over the external progress has been done so much, so suffering is reduced in one way. But it is like the arthritis. It is you cure in one side, it moves to the other side. You can cure back pain, no neck pain. You do it here, then it comes to the finger. So you move it from there, it goes to the other place. So this, this is the nature of the thing. So, but it is new medicines, Medicines and tools and equipments, machineries, homes, cars, planes, they have done tremendous uh, development in these areas and that has brought us more uh, comforts, but at the same time we are helpless in certain areas. We are, we are bringing out some medicine and new disease is coming up. What to do that? You are, you are curing one disease and the, the, the bacteria are coming uh, with much force in a different area. Malaria is gone from India, we know, by using bleaching powder and other things. But we are hearing that, that malaria is coming up with the, the, they are with more strength because they have survived those medicines. So anyhow, so this is the condition of the outside world. In spiritual Scientists also have dealt with this problem, how to solve this problem of bondage, how to get out of it. And they fully were successful to take humanity to a flight where nothing external nor the internal, that means the mind, intellect, ego, 
complex, have any control. So, what is that? That is the knowledge of the self. And that is the truth that we are divine, we are eternal, we are pure, we are stainless, we are free by our very nature. And it is our very birthright to reach that. And we must have to go back to that place or that state which is our own heritage. That is our own home, the very root of our existence. And this going back to our eternal abode, here and now, that is called the Jivan Mukti, it is called the God-realization, it is the, called the Buddha state, it is called the Sthita Pragya in Gita, it is the Bhagavad Bhakta in the chapter of the Gita, this is called the Guna Atita, you transcend all qualities and Gunas, this is called in Mahabharata, it is called the Brahman, a state of a Brahman, a Brahmin, that whose mind will be tranquil in happiness and misery, in suffering and pain, in heat and cold, in all these situations. So, this is the Jivan Mukti, and the science of Jivan Mukti is like this, as I have discussed already. It is like this world will be there, but it will be like a dream world for them. Its impact will not affect their inner peace. So that is the, that means they will see the world, but our mind is rippled all the time, and getting the tangible idea of this world so seriously. For them, the ripple will be there, but it will be so feeble that they will feel it is like, like some dream you are dreaming. It has no awake. You are awake at the same time dreaming. How do you see your dream then? You see the dream, but the impact of that dream is not affecting your peace because you are half awake. But this awakened state is such a state when the things will happen for them, but they will be not affected internally. Equanimity will come in happiness and in suffering. He lives with peace and bliss on whatever comes in life. Huh? Pleasure comes, pain comes, joy comes. That's why we say Ramachandra. Hmm? We call Rama. Rama, the ideal of uh, Jivan Mukti. Huh? That's why it is said when he had the, uh, heard the message that he is, he is going to be coron uh, having his coronation, his face did not lit up with joy. And it did not grow dim even when he heard the message of his 14 years of exile. These are two things happening, but he is equal and peaceful all the time. So this is the same point. You look at Rama, you look at Krishna. You, if you have had any such DVD or video you watch, even the movies you watch, you will be surprised to see how the Krishna's face is always calm and serene and unaffected. In the field of war, battlefield, or when it is something, uh, a victory has come, or in any situation of the life, it is going to, it is calm and serene, 
how this can be attained. We look at the faces of Buddha, Swami Vivekananda, Ramakrishna, Christ. That is the face which does not get tarnished by the situations of which, which presents, situations which present before the life of a person. So this is the sign of a knower of truth. That due to lack of his ego sense in the intellect, and as there is no desire or impulse for past impression, he lives like that of a man who is almost sleeping in utmost peace, but he's awake. He's looking at the world, he's seeing us, he's going through the, all the heat and cold like us, but he's not there. He is there, but he's not there. That means it is not affecting. There is such a profound place in the heart of that person, a joy profound, that these things, outside things, pales into nothingness in that life. Ramakrishna's, see, holy mother, you hear that most ordinary lady, not going to school or in any education, look at her life. She used to say, people talk about so much suffering and pain, but I do not know what is called suffering and pain in life. Huh? And he, she said that as if a pitcher full of joy is always in my heart, is embedded. So much full of joy, nothing can tarnish my joy. And you look at the life, her life was not very uh, pleasant. She had to always fight with her greedy brothers, with uh, two, three crazy ladies around all the time. And taking care of all types of devotees and equally highly uh, developed spiritual souls as also like thieves and like um, burglars and every, everybody had a place. And how peaceful, how sweet and serene the life. So that's why we look at Christ, that's why we look at Mary, that's why we look at the Buddha. And that is the state of Jeevan Mukta. They live there. It is not a story that, oh, they said, okay, you will get it afterwards. They lived in this life and proved that that Jeevan Mukti is possible. So that is a sign of uh, the Jeevan Mukti. That means they live like that of a person who is perfectly in sleeping mood, as it were, but he is totally awake what is happening in the world. You cannot escape from the mind of Sri Ramakrishna when he says what is happening around. He's so sharp and so intelligent. He's talking to M, the highly educated college professor, uh, when he is forgetting something to bring and he's calling, you know, I can't keep my cloth around my body. Uh, such is my condition. And I remember the things and you forget. So see that point. How they are awake. You look at Vivekananda. A man living in the world, but living with infinity in the heart all the time. So these are, and also Hindu scriptures or the Vedic scriptures declare that it is not that only it is reserved for few people in the world. It is for you, it is for me. We, we can practice this and we can get out of this problem. 
they'll be unperturbed by excitement, anger, fear. And they will be not the cause of any suffering to anyone. They will not create excitement or they will not create any anxiety for others. Neither he will feel disturbed by anything happening outside. What a state. Not anything happening outside cannot disturb their peace. And they are such people, they will not create disturbance in the other's mind. So that is the state of Jivan Mukti. This Jivan Mukti stops all transmigrations in the different planes of existence. In Hindus believe different planes of existence. Three planes they believe. This is called the Manus 3 and 7 and 14 different according to different texts. Three planes for primarily it is said three planes are what? This is called the Manushaloka, this plane in which we are living. There is Pitriloka, plane of the forefathers or ancestors, and there is a plane which is called Devaloka. Eh? Manushaloka, Pitriloka, Devaloka. Devaloka means in the plane of the gods and goddesses, angels and all these concepts of heaven. So these are the three. And of course division-wise, I you know, seven higher plane, lower plane. And in Hinduism they believe that according to your karma, you select where you will be born next time. Your karma will dictate. It will just give an incentive to be, you are bound to be born like that as you think, so you become. So what you are thinking, you will be doing the same thing. So it says, but Jivan Mukti, if you are freed here and now, finished. You will never have to be born again. Why? This birth is not so joyful thing, is it not? From the very birth, we cry and the world smiles, is it not? The baby is born, then we must have to cry. The first entrance in the world is to cry. If the baby does not cry, then it, it is inauspicious and people may think that baby is dead or what. They make the baby cry by any means. That means we all cried when we entered into this domain of the world. That's why Tulsi Das said, Tulsi, tum jab jag mein aaye, tu roe jagat haase. Oh, Tulsi, when you came and you were born in this world, you have to weep. And when we, you wept, everyone rejoiced. Ha! We got another friend of ours <laughs> to go through this turmoil of suffering and pain. We got another friend. Ha, ha, ha. So they smiled. <laughs> you cried. Jagat hase. The world is rejoiced. Aisa kam karna. Now you have to do such activity. Tulsi, you have to do such activity that you will be smilingly going out and the whole world will be crying for you. So this is called the Jivan Mukti. People will be feeling that, ha, we saw a great soul who lived such a wonderful life, untarnished by the troubles of life. See, that is a, in this life you have achieved it. So this is the Jivan Mukti that you will not to be born again in any plane. You know, heaven is not good. You go to the heaven, there is jealousy also. <laughs> eh? 
that that jealousy you know that story of sami sanando uh, that 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 one uh, priest went to the heaven and then he got a place in the heaven a new mansion house and he was there but suddenly he found that another big house is being built next to him and never is coming <laughs> and so when he came it was great rejoice and many came to greet and this and that was a big house so he was thinking who is this guy coming so he met uh, st peter and said sir what is this uh, who is coming hello oh, there is a special man coming uh, from earth and he will have this uh, this heavenly house for him and what was he he was a taxi driver. <laughs> then he said, this is a taxi driver. He's getting a bigger position than me. I preached God. I preached, talked about God all through my life. And this is my fate. And he is getting a bigger house. What is this? When you gave this sermon, everyone was sleeping. <laughs> you talked about God. But that didn't inspire anybody. They were all into sleep. But when he was in the taxi in New York, so the everyone, the, the, every passenger was saying, Oh God, oh God. <laughs> so, so, so he has made many devotees more than you did. <laughs> so he is getting a better position here. So they even, you see, my point is that whatever it has happened, this man going into heaven, he is thinking he is hierarchically getting greater uh, uh, adoration and not me. So there is jealousy also. So there is no lack of suffering. That's the point. And in Hindu mythology, we'll find that all the gods and goddesses are jealous about themselves. Uh, this Indra is becoming bigger than me. All this Chandra is lower than me. Like that, there is a competition. So only freedom, freedom. That is not. That is not the freedom as we have started with our discussion. So that is the transmigration is stopped. Not to be born again. You become who you are, eternally free. So this is, how can it be done? It is mentioned the three ways. This book deals with the three ways to attain this freedom. There are three ways. First way is called Tattagyana. You are to be established in the Jnana means knowledge of the Tattva. Tattva means the truth. What is the truth? You are to establish yourself in the knowledge of the truth. That is a practice. One practice, every day we are to Think who we are, what we are, why we are, what is the relationship with this universe and me, to understand and critically analyze and separate out what is the essential and what is non-essential. That is the Tattagyana, one. Second, it is called the Manonasha, the dissolution of the mind as you know in the whole Raja Yoga deals with that the mind is always creating 
one ripple after another ripple, one feeling after another feeling. It is restlessly moving day and night. The whole night you are almost dreaming. We all dream. Whole night. Because mind is so restless. How one can rest in peace unless the mind is peaceful? So that is called you have to dissolve the mind. Oh, how will enjoy the world then? Yes, you will enjoy much more. All our joys are there when our mind is calm. Whenever mind is rippled, it is the most disturbed situation. So why this ripple is coming? The third point. The ripples are coming because we have our desires. We want this. That creates one ripple. I want that. That creates another. I see this. I, I hear this. I touch this. I test this. All the five senses are bombarding with informations. And all types of information may be available in the world, but I select what I want. In the, in the, in the television channel, when you sit before the television, what do you do? You have you change your channels and you fix at one point what you want to see. So in, in the world everything is there, but it is our choice. It is called desire. It is called the bhashana. That is, this bhashana is always giving impulse eh, to create one ripple, to the other ripple, one thing after another thing. And that is creating the mind to ripple. And that mind is making, in a way, our body, mind, our body and other things to function. And then that is leading to the craving. And that, that desire is not fulfilled. We are suffering. So it is all internalized policy that we have to deal three things simultaneously. Three weapons are needed to be Jeevan Mukta. One is this point that we have to know the truth because truth and untruth, they are all jumbled together. Shankara, the great Vedanting, he expressed in the very introduction of the Gita that he said, Satya, Satyan, Rite, Mithunikritya, Ahamidam, Mamoidam, Mithi, Naisargiko, Vayang, Loko, Babohara. Our Loko, Babohara. Our day-to-day behavior in the world is for what? It is said that here two things, one thing has happened. The truth and which is not true. Satya is truth. Onrito means what is not truth, which is false. They have become juxtaposed. Mithunikrite, you have become together as it were. And as a result, I am the Atman that is forgotten. And then I as a human being, as a man, as a woman, as a limited person, craving for this, wishing to have this, to get this, this is me, this belongs to mine. This type of habit, we got engrossed into this type of habit. And that has caused us all types of suffering. So, ahamidam, me, mamoidam, mine. If it is mine, I like it. If it is not mine, I don't care for that. 
So closeness, nearness, all these thoughts has come because of satya and anurita, truth and untruth. They got intermixed. And that is the cause of our suffering. So how to, first point is that tattva jnana, where to separate out what is the essential and the non-essential. Ramakrishna said, uh, what is discrimination? Discrimination is God is the only real and everything is unreal. We can understand this very in a gross way. Uh, what is real in this, in this world? Everything is changing. What is real? What you are talking to be real, let us take Buddhistic stand. They have analyzed it much deeply, but Vedanta says the same thing. What you are saying that I love this, it is a false statement. By the way you want to touch it, it has changed. Because everything, in every fraction of a moment, it is changing, changing, changing. So how can you hold on to what you think truth? You are touching the changing and hold, thinking that I got the truth. So that is the very discriminative way. But it should be practiced three together because one is connected with the other. Tattagyana, knowledge of the truth. Manonasha, the dissolution or destruction of the mind. Destruction means what? Not nihilism, not going to vacant. It's not going into nothingness. It is not meant like. What is this meant? That ripples of the mind, which is puzzling us every moment, not allowing us to see what we are, not allowing us to understand that how we can be in that peace, but our mind is segmented, mind is always leading us from one to the other, to the other, to the other, millions and millions of thoughts. Eh? Is, actually, our mind is functioning in such a way. If there was some computer to catch, catch those and preserve it, eh? in one day probably it will fill up this big temple. Big pictures have been developed and then piled up. Eh? It will, it, 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 it will be almost that. That means so much of our thought. So to stop that, stopping means peaceful. And when the peace is there, the self will reveal within. So we will have to act on that side. That is the manunas. And the third was bhashana kshaya. So we will have to watch why the mind is rippling. Why I am running like that. Why I am crazy like that. Why I am restless? Why I am saying that, oh, oh, my suffering is so much? Why? Go to the cause, go to the cause, and see what you want. The moment you say, I don't care for that, your all impetus is gone. Your all inspiration to run after that is gone. Your all say, uh, sweating is gone. Because you, you say that, okay, I understand. First of all, tatto, knowing the truth, that it is impermanent, that it is, cannot give me the Blessed joy. It may give momentary something, but it cannot give me. So if we analyze that point, and then we know the mind is rippled because there is a craving inside. So how can I switch my, in myself? There are three switching points. I can tap. One, two, three. So whole day, this Bejivan Mukti teaches us that you tap either this button one 
or to the second button or to the third button. All the time because they are interdependent. If you take care of your, why I am craving for? Why I am running for one dollar? Why not run for million? Why not run for infinite joy? Why are you running for limited, very inferior type of quality of joy? If, you, if we can think in that line, the ripple of the mind will be less. And the ripple of the mind less means greater peace will come in my mind. And now you go to think unreal, real. So three things taken together. It is a three weapon ah, to play together. And that will bring the state of jivan mukti or liberation while alive very fast and quick. So this is the theme of the whole book. So we will go today a bit little because here always we talk about Vedanta, I am Atman, I am Brahman. So I don't need to have one full lecture for that. So we have already given the basis what is Jivan Mukti, what is our bondage and how we can get out by the three process, this three process. And this three process can be practiced simultaneously, not one after another. You think that, okay, let me be well established in knowing that this world is unreal. And then I will start for making practice yoga. And then one day I think that, okay, I won't desire for anything. No. No, you desire for everything. It is not a foolish suggestion that you don't desire anything. Desire anything means don't desire little thing. Desire what is eternal, which is limitless, which is absolute. Desire that only. And a part of that is everywhere. Or you see the same spark everywhere and have the touch of God through everything. That is the tattva also. Tattva means the knowledge. Knowledge is what? The spark of that joy is everywhere. Or you say, okay, I am not fit to that. If I think that way, I will be caught into the trap. Okay, say then, what is permanent and what is impermanent? In, in, the, in our human life, what is eternal substance? What is changing? The body is changing. That is the, we all know. So I will just give a hint of that. Analyze what is the tattagyana. But it is to be, you may think that, okay, it will come in a day. Huh? It will come uh, if I practice 10 days. How much? How many days am I to do this? See, there is no guarantee. Which, how many days? Huh? What is the guarantee even in anything in achievement in life? You have to go on, struggle with all effort, total focus and total uh, one-pointedness. And then it, it comes or it may not come. You have to work more. So in the spiritual life, there are, we need what is called the effort. Ah, the, all these three process, as we have mentioned just now, to give up the desires for little things, to discriminate between what is permanent and impermanent, and also to think about what is the, how these ripples of the mind can be checked. These things can be, is to be practiced sincerely every day with serious effort. There is a 
statement given by Basista. Rama the king, he wanted to renounce and he was going to be a recluse, in the recluse. So his guru then, Basista, said that you can attain this Jivan Mukti. You have come for that purpose and you will have to practice that. Then the question came, how many days am I to practice? The Rama was advised by Basista. That sarvam eva iho hi sada sansara raghunandana sammak prajatnaya prajatnat sarvena paurushat samavapate. In this materialistic world, even if you want to achieve anything, you will have to practice prajatna, effort, sincere, very intense effort is necessary. So two types of effort has been mentioned. One type of effort, it has been said that which the scriptures say, go this way, that is every day's meditation practice and all these things. These are called as suggested by the scriptures. And there is something, another scripture also suggests that if you do this, you can go to temporary results of peace, money, wealth, these, that, materialistic way. So, there's Basistova then suggested Rama that, you know, from your early childhood along, if you practice this and follow the path of the scriptures, and also with the association of the holy, holy people, and your own effort, very sincere, intense effort, you can attain to that goal. And you are to struggle. So, abhallat, from your early childhood, alamabhastai, if you have practiced this way, sastra, following the scriptures, satsanga, holy company, etc., with this quality and your own personal effort, then you can struggle and you reach the goal. And that goal will be freedom. He said that why you have to do so much effort? Because it is said that, you know, janmantara shatabhasta rama sangsara sangasriti. You are in the sangsara, in this world. Why? We are all in the sangsara this transmigration. Because janma antara shatabhasta, in me, early and early and early lives, we lived like that. We tried to be happy with things, but we failed. Then we desired, we'll be like this, then I'll be happy, then I tried, I'll be happy. Like that we tried and tried and tried. And that has created some impression in your mind. Therefore, you have to eradicate that, you have to counteract that. You have to think in the opposite way. No, 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 no. This identity as I am holding with me is not my real identity. It is a temporary identity. What is my real self? You have to think. So he gave that. That is called the, in Sanskrit, we call Gyananishtha. Yeah? Or it is also called the state of Vidyanishtha, or knowledge. That means you should be one-pointed in, in your wisdom, knowledge. What are you? What are you not? So this is the advice given to Rama. What is the way? 
then you have to do, it is called jnana bhasa or vidya bhyasa. That means every day, obhyasa means practice of the jnana, of the knowledge. What is knowledge? I am not this, what I am. We see, analyze the three states of our being, this awakened state. It's so important when we are in the awakened state, this world. When we go to dream, dream world is so important. This entire solid universe is non-existent in my mind. We all experience that. It's not that a new thing I am telling. But at this point, dream is nothing. But when I go to dream, this world is nothing. People forget what has happened in dream. And when you go to deep sleep, then even this is gone and the dream is also false. Nothing is there. So how can you hold on to one against the other? But we live in this awakened state longer. That's why you give much validity in this world. Eh? But suppose a patient who is uh, put to sleep for a long time. Hmm? What is his concept about the world? Either he lives in his world of imagination or dream eh? or sleep. So this world is almost like a dream. It, it becomes like a dream to that person. So this is the three states of our existence to analyze and then go to the fourth state. I am sometime in the awakened state and I think this is real. I go to sometime into dream state when I think this is not real, only the dream is real. And I go to the deep sleep state when neither this, neither that is real. But I am some, uh, someone else. Though I am identified with so many things, with the body, mind, emotion, everything, but actually I see that I am not this, I am not this, I am not this, I am something else. This is one process. This is called Tattogyana. Then we can easily, if we know I am not this, I am not this, I am not this, then we learn how to dissociate live in this body, but at the same time not get attached and disidentify with these identities and go to the identity of our real self, the luminous self, which is full of joy and blessedness. Identify that level. That is one way. Another way you know, as a Vedanta student, that I, again, the same process, but in a different slant, the physical body is changing. I cannot be the physical body eh? because if I take my pictures from my early eh, childhood till today, no big, big will no photo will be matching with eh? with my present condition of the body. Eh, facial expression may be little uh, same, but everything has changed. The cells are done. All the cells are dying, and new cells are coming. So, what is your old body then? Old body is no more. So every day we are changing the body. So body I cannot be. Body is subject like a machine. Eh? A machine repair. You put it to repair machine. Eh? A repairing shop. So the body you put it to the hospital machine. And the cart and put bolt, nut or pipe. Whatever they like. Like that in your car. is no difference like the you know, heart attack. What they do? They cut from another area some... Mm, you and put it here and cut it out and then connect it. So it is, is, it, is it any different than that of any machine? 
So, and you know, orthopedics doctor, you go, something has happened. Oh my God, they will cut and chew and uh, grind and uh, screw, all these things they do. So, it is a machine. So, it cannot be, I cannot be, and ultimately, one day, this body will remain, and I'll leave. Bye. <laughs> so, this is the body I cannot be. We know our mind and meditation time, we see how it is running, 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 running. This time it is happy. Today it is excited. Tomorrow something, else. oh, it is going, uh, stooping down like that. So, this is the play of the mind going on and every day crazy mind is playing inside. So, we can see how the mind, how that mind can be me. Who observes the mind? Then you come, like a witness idea. Like that, we know, today's understanding, I understand this. But today you understand, tomorrow you say no. That understanding is wrong. So your intellect is also not you. Your ego, I, I, I. What you say, I. What you said in your school days, you said, I want this. I means me. And today's I is not the same I. It has changed. So what is then the solid thing you are holding on? So go back, go back. I am the witness of body, mind, eh? intellect, ego, left, like that. Sakshi, cheta, kevala, nirgunasya. And that is undying, that does not change, that does not decay, that does not have any transformation. So like that, any process, or you say, I am Atman. Eh? Vedantic sadhana is day and night to say, I am Atman, I am Atman. Eh? Day and night, there is, that is the sadhana. They hammer on the one point. I am Atman, I am not this. I am Atman, I am Atman. I am pure, I am stainless. Hmm? So that consciousness always to hit, eh? so that the mind gets totally transformed into the thought, and that now, nah, I cannot be this. So it needs rigorous analysis at the same time. Not only analysis, it's called Viveka and Vairagya. Two things are necessary. If you only discriminate, I know that I should not go to McDonald's and have some munchy food. But I analyze it is bad, there is healthy food, I should not, I'm getting a little heavy and I should avoid that. And but whenever I drive, I go there and start eating. <laughs> so it does not solve the problem. So it is said that Viveka is the discriminative part, but the second part is very important. If it, I discriminate that this is not healthy, so I'll have to at least try to give up. And eat healthy food. Healthy is I am Atman, I am pure, I am the self. So this is the Tattva If one it is done again and again, the scriptures suggest, I have no time to talk about that, all the scriptures you know, because Vedanta is spoken so much here, that you understand that I am not the body, not the mind, but I am the self. And that Tattva Jnana practice eh, can be done every day, looking at the reality of my very being here, eh, reality in which we are living, this reality, how much real and how much unreal. So that analysis is to be very much strongly uh, practiced and as a result to come to the conclusion, not only practice, but come to the conclusion. Take the good food. Say, I am Atman. Don't say, yes, though it seems so nice, so pure, it's so loving, so, yeah, it is to keep it. This body is essential. Vedanta does not discard the body because 
this body is precious. Through this body only you are able to think in this way. I do not mean dog's body or cat's body, they can think this way. To develop this intellect in the human brain, it is much easier than in any birth. That's why human birth has been appreciated by Shankara and others so much. So anyhow, so taking all this process, if we can move forward, then this Tattagyano, practice of Tattagyano, we know what is Tattagyano, this practice is to be done day and night, Ashukte, Amrite, Kalang, Nait, Vedanta, Chintaya. Till every day, Ashukti, you go to sleep. Amrite, today Sunday, that is my holiday. In spiritual life, there is no holiday. Amrite, till you, just this body drops off. This body goes to cremation ground. Till that, Kalang night, the time is to be spent in Vedanta Chintaya, in the thought of the Tattva, Gyananishtha, or Tattva Chinta. So, let us also pray for this so that we can really practice a bit little and come back to our own self soon. Thank you. Om Ayur Nasati Pashatang Pratidinam Yatik Shayang Yovanam Pratyayantigata Punaranadibhasha Kalo Jagad Bhakshaka Lakshmistoya Taranga Bhanga Chapala Vidhu Chalam Jivitam Tasman Ma Saranagatam Saranada Tvang Raksha Raksha Duna Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi O Lord with the passing of every day, the duration of life is sin to shorten, and youth decays. The days that are gone never come back. Time verily is the devourer of the world. Fortune is as fecal and short-lived as the ripples on the surface of water, and life itself is momentary like a flash of lightning. Therefore, O thou refuge of all, do thou protect us even now who are seeking refuge in you. On peace, peace, peace be unto us all.